Hey, horror one and crime family. How's it going? It's KK and Lo with you. Hey, K. Hey, creepies. How are you doing, Lo? I'm good. It's uh, it's cold here in the D. It was a high of 32 today, so that was fun. That was depressing. Yeah, I was kind of doing the inter sarcasm here. Yes, um, yes. Peep, I I peep your shirt. We, I love to see it. Everybody, this is audio only, so you cannot see. But Lowe's wearing a shirt that says Keith Morrison is my homeboy. Now, if you haven't listened to the past two episodes, Keith Morrison has been referenced twice now. Now three times. He's the new I dad. Told you, I told you thrice times now. <laughs> so you're just you're being festive with it. I love it. But he's for sure he's for sure replacing uh not to say replacing, but he's uh he's coming up there with Dax. Because we're mentioning Keith Morrison now. So yeah, good choice on the shirt low. Is there ever a bad choice when it comes to Keith Morrison? No, never. Literally never. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a lot to unpack this episode so we're gonna kind of jump like into it um we got our wine we got our candles we got our story so (laughs) i don't know what else we need we need nothing else we just need every all your creepies ears (laughs) all right so This is going to be the story of Pamela Smart. It's an oldie. This one is not gruesome. It's obviously a crime, but it's a little bit lighter than what we've been dealing with the last few episodes. Honestly, that's cool with me. Where my emotional state's been, love that. (laughs) So Pamela Smart was born Pamela Wojcic. What I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that. She was in Coral Gables in Florida on August 16th, 1967. She grew up in Miami, Florida with her before her family moved to Derry, New Hampshire when she was in about 8th grade. She was pretty, she was a blonde-haired girl, she was a cheerleader. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about Pam. Not that Pam, this Pam. I was like, oh shit, she's in this story too. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of speculation about her childhood, okay? So her dad was a hard worker. He's, you know, the typical trying to provide for the family. It was, you know, the 50s, 60s. Um, He was actually a pilot, I can tell you a thing or two about pilots, okay? But that's a that's a different podcast. You're a pro on that. So he tried to raise his kids on a budget, you know, to be frugal, be smart. He made Pamela get a job at the age of 13, though, so that's a little young. Um, she worked at the Dairy Queen, and then I think she had, like, a part-time job at a bakery, I believe it said. She had good grades. She was actually one of those people who like didn't have to study hard she just kind of got them so people like she sucks and well people like that they kind of do suck because I have to study so hard to get good grades me too or I have to cheat either way whatever works um but so her grades weren't you know too bad um there's a lot of mixed reviews about her and her high school life some people people considered her like over promiscuous and kind of like sexualized and um, her friends idolized her. They thought she was, you know, the bomb diggity cool. I don't know what people used in the fifties and sixties. Well, I guess not. I guess in high school at this point, it'd be like seventies and eighties now. Um, so she was groovy. Yeah, she's groovy. <laughs> and she was in the eighties, and it was like, then it was rad, like right. 
Um, other people thought she was just weird. She had a bit of a dark side to her. Um, nothing like wanting to hurt people or dangerous or evil, but just kind of like mysterious and weird, you know. Um, she did have the attitude if you took something of hers, uh, she wasn't having it. She worked hard for her shit. Don't touch it. It's mine. And I think that even kind of carried over with the boys, you know, kind of like a little bit of possessiveness. Like, um, yeah, that that's mine. She exhumed a lot of assertive and confidence in her attitude. So that could be a lot of what people would read too. There was rumors that she was the high school president sophomore year and people thought that she might have stole some of the votes. Um, they think that she was skimming money off the top and they even suggested that she came into school um, after drinking on some days. Um, I'm thinking this is familiar, but then I started thinking about it and I was getting confused with politicians and I'm like, that can't be right. (laughs) (laughs) Or. (laughs) Or maybe. uh, Her favorite music was rock music. Her yearbook quote was uh, for her to, her yearbook quote, I'm sorry, was her dream was to dance the night away with David Lee Roth from Van Halen. She loved Van Halen. She was also into rocker John Bon Jovi. Um, It was the hair. And she even dated a guy that she kind of thought looked like him. He had the Bon Jovi hair. So, like, that was just, like, badass. (laughs) She's Um, like, I'm only dating you for your hair. (laughs) I'm only dating you because you look like Bon Jovi. Right, right. So this guy's name... uh, was Gregory Smart. Pam and Greg met while she was visiting New Hampshire over Christmas break in 1986. They started hanging out. They formed a bond. They went to concerts. They went to the beach. They went on dates. They were getting kind of smitten and in love. Now, a little bit about Greg is uh, his parents said that he, you know, he was a good guy. He was a nice guy, more laid back. Um, but sweet all around, kind of shy. They said that they think that Pam was attracted to Greg for his love of rock music. Greg loved Van Halen, Motley Crue. I mean, all the great Def Leppard, Aerosmith. I mean, but who wouldn't? That's a great lineup. So after their relationship started on music um and again he had the bon jovi hair so that was the attraction he had a good work ethic um he had mind like you know she saw potential in him but our dude greg he was not on the same page oh no 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 not at first he did not want the whole monogamy thing um So when Pam went back to Florida for college, he felt a little bit of weight off his shoulders. Pam, it was not quite the same. She felt devastation, depression. Uh, She missed talking to him so much and seeing him every day. But they did talk on the phone and they did keep in contact for a while. She did use her dad's flyer miles, um, his discount of being able to fly back and forth so she could fly back to New Hampshire and Florida for free. Nice perk. I don't even get that perk, okay? Dang. Yeah. What a robbery. Yeah. But again, that's a different podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Later on, Pam would say that he did have another girlfriend, uh, but he didn't want to break up with her, but he didn't want to break up with Pam either. So it got to the point where Pam's like, you know what? You either got to make a decision, dude. Like, it's either her or it's me. So Greg's out here being messy. So he's like, all right. He's like, "Uh, bye, 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 bye. Wait, 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 wait. No, JT's, I can't say that. JT's being canceled. (laughs) Okay. So it's like, so it's like, okay, peace out. Right. 
And then she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. I take it back. Like, let's just keep dating. You can keep her too. Like, okay. Oh my gosh, girl. So they kept going for a while. Um, and then in 1986, Christmas break, um, he, they decided, you know what? Let's be exclusive. Greg said, I want to commit to you. I want to be with you. So he cut the other girl loose and they started their relationship. So by 1987, she's going back and forth to see him, but it's starting to get a little bit more difficult. The long distance, it's starting to put a strain on the relationship. Um, And he decided, you know what, I'm just going to move to Tallahassee to be with her as she finishes school. So Pam was just like, hell yeah, my man's moving out here. Okay, okay. (laughs) Um, She was going to school. She actually landed an internship for the school no for the school news reporter um, for WCTV, which is a small affiliation with NBC. She also had a school at I'm sorry, she also had a job at her school. Um, it was working for the radio station. Um, it was a promotions director. Nah, that wasn't a real job. They said they didn't have a job for her, so she created one herself and said, this is what I'm going to do, and this is going to be my job. And they were just like, okay. And so she made her own job. So I'm going to go and tell my boss that this is what I want to do, and I'm creating my own job and deal with it. If only it worked that way, because I would 100% do that as well. And I'd be like, and also, this is going to be what my pay is for this position. (laughs) Look at Pam inspiring people in 2023. Right. So by doing this, she actually got a real position um, as a DJ for the radio station for her school. And it was called Metal Madness. Ooh. (laughs) And she named herself a maiden of metal. (laughs) And why she sat in her booth one night a week. And she played Van Halen, Motley Crue, Aerosmith. All the greats, like, again, where do I sign up for this, right? Like, what a fun job. Right? So by this time, Greg moved up there, but they didn't quite live together yet. He's still baby-stopping this, but at least he's in the same state, right? And uh, Yeah, so he got his own place. Um, His parents described his apartment as a refurbished motel. Um, no tell motel holiday Holiday um his parents helped him get furniture um pots pans everything they needed pam stayed in her own dorm room living and just kind of enjoying the college life his parents would go on to say that greg never really loved florida but he loved pam So that's why he moved there. But funny enough, a couple months later, they get a place together. But Pam's parents aren't on board with this because she's supposed to be in school and education and studying and there's no times for serious boys. So they let Pam's friend move in too as a decoy. Okay. So when Pam's parents come to visit, uh, Greg takes all his shit and he moves it out. And then when Pat, Pam's parent, that's tough to say. Pam's parents <laughs> leave. It's a tongue twister. He moves all his shit back. No, no, thank you. That's a lot of rigmarole. Okay. Just tell your parents we live together, suck it up. They can be pissed off. They can come see us or they don't. Like, yeah, I'm not that's moving a lot back of and work. Forth. That's yeah. dedication. Yeah. So fast forward to January 1988, Pam comes home. She's in a bad mood. She doesn't want to talk. She's just upset. And Greg's like, why don't you go take a shower? And she's like, I don't want to take a shower, Greg. He's like, listen, it always makes you feel better. Just go take a shower, rinse off the negativity, rinse off the bad day, and we'll talk when you get out. Fine, I'll go take a shower. So she's in the shower. She goes to reach for like a... a loofah or whatever the scrubby things are. And when she picks it up, there is a diamond ring underneath it. And she grabs the ring and she's like 
screams and excitement. And she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. She's super excited. She's like, why aren't you on one knee? Get on one knee. Yes, yes, I'll marry you. He never really asked. It was never really a proposal. Um, she just assumed. She kind of assumed. But just saying, hear me out. If you live together and you're picking out a diamond ring that she told you she liked and you surprise her with it, uh, there there might be a slight confusion of what's going on. So yeah, she's going to think you're in, uh, proposing. Yeah, so maybe not do that. Um, so it's kind of maybe a little bit your fault there, dude. Um, so he's just kind of like, okay, well, this escalated quickly. Um, I guess we're getting <laughs> married now. I mean, what did he think? Like, what the heck? I don't know. He's a metalhead. Who knows? <laughs> so, like it or not, yep, here comes the bride. <laughs> right. Well, now they're engaged. Greg really starts thinking like, okay, this is life. Um, I'm getting married, possibly kids later. I'm going to have to make more money than what I'm doing. These little jobs aren't cutting it. So he's like, I'm going to buckle down. And he goes to school and he gets a certificate or I guess um, he gets whatever you do to go get your licensed for insurance. And he goes to sell and work in an insurance company with his dad. So now he's making some better money. He can provide for him and Pam. But, I mean, Pam's not a slacker. She's still doing her thing, you know. Um, so the thing about selling insurance, though, is you've got to look a little bit more professional. So, like, those luscious curls and waves that Pam loved so much... Oh, not the Bon Jovi hair. Yeah, so he went from like Bon John Bon Jovi to like John Goodman. It wasn't big though. <laughs> or... It was the first John that came to my mind. I know. I was like John Stamos. I'm like, nope, he had luscious hair. I'm like, uh, John, John nope, John had hair too. John Smith from Pocahontas. Sure. We'll go that route. <laughs> um, so he cut his hair and he actually surprised Pamela while she was at lunch with her girlfriends and kind of kind of sat down next to her. She didn't even recognize him at first. And let's just say she struggled with this. She was not welcoming over the haircut. Yikes. Yeah, so shortly after there's conversations about them getting a puppy and they, you know, they talked about it. They can't afford it. Greg secretly saved up the money. Um, he had a job at MetLife Insurance with his dad. He had money from landscaping that he'd done previously. Um, so he knew he could afford it. So he surprised Pam and bought a little shit zoo puppy and, you know, kind of told her about it. Well, she wanted a Yorkie. So she was a little disappointed. But once they brought the puppy home and she's seen it, she couldn't help but fall in love. So with that baby dog, um, a huge loving new member of the family, and they named it Helen after Van Halen. Cute. And that became their baby. That is cute. Now, it sounds like life is all puppies and unicorns for them, which is like 50% correct. <laughs> um, they got the engagement they got the puppy they're living together things are going well but there's always downfalls in some relationships and the thing with Greg and Pam is that they're both controlling people controlling personalities they both like to have things done a certain way they're both assertive so it kind of makes it tough because they both want to kind of be the assertive one in the relationship which right. can kind of make you bump heads uh, apparently one night out while Greg was with his friends, they were just being inappropriate, but they were just being frat guy boys, stupid boys. And they were giving a waitress a hard time. And Pam thought it was just very rude. And she was kind of looking at him like, who are you? Like, she didn't see the side of him, really. Um, so after her kind of addressing it, he spit beer in her face. What the fuck? Yeah. And she was just like, 
seriously. So, you know, obviously she got mad, went home. They made up. Um, and this is what they do. You know, they fight, they make up. At this point, they decided that they still love each other. They still wanted to be together. Maybe not in Florida, though. So he talked her into moving back to Derry, New Hampshire. Uh, he was going to go work with his dad. She had a degree, so for her getting a job, it wouldn't be that hard. But she hated the winters there. Feel she, that. Missed, she missed the sun. But he was happy because now he's with his friends and his family. So it's kind of like the roles switched. You know what I mean? And Pam struggled with this. She was hesitant about moving back to New Hampshire. She loved Florida, but she wanted to be with the love of her life. So ultimately, she made the move. She applied for a news reporting job, which she did not get, which was a heartbreaking because that's all she ever wanted to do. Instead, she got a job at a temp agency for a while. Uh, this put her living at her mom's house and him living at his mom's house, which I don't know why, but I'm guessing maybe the separate time of moving separately. It was just kind of like a pit stop. Right. But uh, I guess you do what you got to do until you can figure it out. Uh, eventually she got a job at the school working in the media center, basically like through video production and as much as video production is in the eighties and nineties. Um, but it had a lot of room for growth and it was able to move up. So she just started from the bottom, worked her way up. Not long after that, they moved into a condo called Misty Morning. This sounds Cute. very mystical and magic to me, if you will. Like, I just picture like Pegasus all around the neighborhood and my little ponies all around and unicorns up and down the driveway. I was going to say, it sounds like straight out of a movie or something. I live in Miss, I live on Misty Morning. <laughs> Misty Morning Drive. Like, right? <laughs> right. I'm going to put those little street signs on my, my long driveway. I'm going to name it Misty Morning Drive. Cute. <laughs> So now she's planning her wedding and she's moving on with her life. She gets a call from Tallahassee. They offer her a broadcasting job as a TV reporter. But because she's so in love with Greg, she, you know, he's her fiance. She's planning this wedding. But this job that they offered her is everything she's ever wanted. So now she's like, shit. But she turned it down to stay with the love of her life. Oh, that's hard. Her heart was broken. Her dreams, they could have come true with one word, yes. But instead, she said, no, thank you. Now it's May of 7th, 1989. In front of 250 friends and family, they finally say their vows and they say, I do. They married at Sacred Heart Church in Massachusetts. They went on a honeymoon they went on, and they enjoyed it. All the fun in the sun in Bermuda. Sounds Ooh, Bermuda. Great right now. Right? I wish. Um, so they get back from the honeymoon. And now, like, they're starting to show face. True colors are starting to happen. Like, the honeymoon is over. Literally, the honeymoon is over. Um. Greg's mom recalls the story of Pamela making a list of names of who sent how much money for the wedding. And she'd write the names and write the dollar amount. Cause she, you know, you send out the thank you cards. Um, but she kind of made like some snarky remarks to Greg's mom. Like, Oh my God, can you believe how little these people sent? And Greg's parents were just kind of like, Wow, you sound very entitled right now, you know? Yeah, what the heck? But I guess even before that, Pam's parents were kind of skeptical um, if Greg could provide for their daughter. So they went to Greg's parents and they were like, you know, hey, you know, we just want to make sure your son can provide for our daughter, like give her what she wants and what she needs and they basically had to sell him on the idea, like, yes, my son can do this. Like, they had to defend their son, which I'd be like, dude, don't even come after my kid like that. 
Right. Like, that's just, I don't know, that just is bad vibes. Yeah. So moving forward, both sides of the friends from Greg and Pam, they said that, you know, they didn't understand how these guys were together. They were constantly fighting. They bantered each other. They argued. Um, They both liked attention from the opposite sex, which doesn't bode well, um, especially for Pam, because she was more of the jealous streak. Back to that whole possessions, my things don't touch, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But then other people would say they didn't think their marriage was, you know, had that bad of a strain. um, That for as much as they bickered, they kind of looked at it as an opposite attract because they had a lot of things that they still did like about each other and their love was still strong. So it's kind of like, depending on who you talk to, you got a different answer. Right. I'm sure people saw different sides of them, you know, like depending on what mood they were in when they saw them last or like what was happening at this point or at that point. So I'm sure people saw like all the different sides of their relationship. Yes. And as for Greg's family and friends, they weren't really a fan of Pamela. Um, They just didn't like the possessiveness. They didn't like the jealous side. They didn't like the controlling side, but you know, his wife, it is what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they thought that she was threatened by his family and friends, the closeness that he had with his friends. Uh, it wasn't an easy transition for Pam. She was used to being the one with all the friends, having the social life and moving back here. She kind of like didn't have that security. After the marriage um, and all the excitement, everything calmed down and they went back to just normal life you know they started pushing each other's buttons again pam would say things just to get attention from greg he would get mad and spit beer in her face again that's horrible (laughs) so on and so on the fighting would go on and go on you know make up break up whatever but it wasn't until one of the bigger fights where greg went to boston and he was supposed to just go for a few hours um, he ended up over drinking. He stayed the night. Pamela got mad, didn't like it. They spent the next day fighting about it. Greg woke up the morning after that to a note on the counter that said, you don't know where I am. I'm not at my mom's. Don't try to find me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a few days passed and, you know, they healed. They got past it again, you know, whatever. But over time, they were spending less and less time with each other. Greg was going to his friend's house, going to family's house, just finding any way to really not be home, which is sad because you're a newlywed, you know? Right. Like, it shouldn't be like that. I mean, it shouldn't be like that ever, but especially right in the beginning. Yeah. So now the topic of kids comes up and Greg wants to make babies and pam's like no 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 babies is not for me it's not a thing i don't want them which is like how do you not have this conversation before you say your vows that's what i was gonna say i was like uh shouldn't that have been kind of a topic before the wedding (laughs) yes you would think right they were too busy you know listening to motley crew that i guess they didn't figure that out They were like, hmm, maybe we should have discussed this. (laughs) Greg wanted to put a down payment on a house. And Pam's like, I'm kind of tired of moving right now. I've already moved so much. Like, just wanted to sit still for a few, you know. Um, You know, and she has honestly been giving up a lot so far. She sacrificed, you know, moving out of state. She gave up a huge career that she could have had. Like, let's just, let's give her some time, okay? You know, right. Um, and you know, less than a year, they're already drifting apart again. Her work life is thriving though. She got a job to the school. Um, it's a production called project self-esteem and interested Pam. She took a liking to it right away. She liked the idea and wanted to be involved. So in the fall of 89, um, she's working the school program. It's kind of like dare. Did you have dare when you were in in school? Yes, I did. 
Okay. So that's what this is, is kind of basically to bring alcohol awareness, drug free, get kids off the street and have them like doing things as a community, you know, distraction from doing stupid shit, you know? Right. Uh, it's a mandatory program for freshmen. Um, a lot of upperclassmen would host it. They'd help run the program, but they had to have an adult be on board to oversee the project and basically just be there to guide these kids. So Pamela's like, I got this. I'm in. So the job was hers. So enter Billy Flynn and his crew. And I want to put a disclaimer out there. Pam's not a teacher. Um, I don't know if you've heard the story or caught on to what it is yet. Maybe not. Um, in the past, people have talked about calling her a teacher. She wasn't a teacher. She was an administrator at the school, but she wasn't technically a teacher. Oh, my goodness. You asked me before we started if I knew this story. And right when you said enter Billy Flynn, I was like, I know this story. <laughs> I forgot about it, but now, yep, I know this one. Okay, okay. So, yeah, it's uh, it's not bad, but it's bumpy. Right, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's bad, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, the, you guys will find out. <laughs> In 1987, Billy was 12 years old when they moved from California to Seabrook, New Hampshire. But Billy didn't really have like the liking to New Hampshire. It wasn't as, you know, cool as they thought it was going to be. I mean, New Hampshire from California, like, I mean, he just yeah. wanted to listen to heavy metal and chill, you know? Right. And, you know, it was a culture shock for Billy. You know, the slings were different. The accent was a little different. <laughs> Obviously the waves are different. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but just after a year Billy's family moved there's a tragic accident and Billy's dad passed away and it made Billy being 13 years old when his dad died so that put a strain on his mom she had to get a second job she had to take care of herself and three kids and you know that that's a lot um, for a single mom so that meant she wasn't home a lot. Billy had a lot of free time on his hands when he wasn't helping with the siblings. And it was just a tough year. Billy seemed to kind of figure it out a little bit. He started hanging out with some friends and he just wanted, you know, hang out and jam the music. Uh, they also liked to fix old beat up cars in his friend JR's front yard. He ran with some friends, Pete Randall, Vance Latime Jr., and then later his friend Ralph Welch shows it. And they all start to just kind of crash at JR's house. Um, and it was overcrowded there. That's where everybody kind of went. But they all felt like they were kind of like a family, a squad, like just kind of it reminds me of um like a little bit of the outsiders i feel okay did you read that book i did it's been a very long time but i did like read it. it was always just like a group of guys that were just kind of like made their own little family you know right but always up to no good <laughs> um so yeah these guys were they were hooligans or as Desk would say, they were being some rascals. <laughs> and uh, they did naughty things like stealing cars, shoplifting. Um, I'm sorry, taking radios out of cars. However, though, at one point, they did not shy away from stealing cars, taking them for a joy ride, and then just leaving them on the side of the road somewhere. Um but they're a little bit more tamed at school. Their grades were passing. They're not honor roll student, but they were like total idiots academically anyway. Um, <laughs> it wasn't until Billy, JR, and their friend Cecilia, they were asked to join this project called Self-Esteem. And not really sure why, because it wasn't really fitting to their personas, but they were just like, okay, why not? 
So in walks administrator, um, teacher of the class, but not teacher, <laughs> um, Pamela Smart. And all the teenagers thought that Pamela was pretty cool. Now you got to remember, these kids are like 15 and 16, and she's only 22. So she's young. So she's got the, she's like vibing, you know what I mean? Like, right. She's the cool young teacher. She's got the administrator. Yes. So, and then she treated the kids like, you know, like they were people, like they were cool, like they, unlike, you know, older teachers were like, you know, sit down, shut up, be quiet. You're just dumb kids, you know. Um, but Billy, 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 Billy was like, oh, he was immediately hot for teacher. And see what I did there? Love for Van, Van Halen quote. <laughs> so love for Van Halen. Um, immediately, he looked at JR and he's like, I think I'm in love. And uh, at this point, though, Pam, again, like I said, she's 22. And this is probably why. He is just like so hot, <laughs> but oh. she's an administrator, so it's like no, 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 big no, no. And even if you're not, you're 22 and he's 15. Yeah, either way, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Billy did what he could to get her attention. He wanted to be a wander. He used the excuse to talk to her about his love for heavy metal. She was a DJ. He thought that was just like, oh, my God, so cool. Um, Then Pam kind of became a therapist for him. He would talk to her about everything about his dad, about moving here, about his friends, and just kind of confided in him. But deep down, he could really care less about Project Self-Esteem. He wasn't interested. He was only interested in Pam, and that's why he kept showing up. Now, her office is in the basement of the school, so there wasn't really a lot of people around. She'd be in there mostly by herself. She did have a secretary that was nearby, but, I mean, if you're in the basement of a school, I'm picturing it like an office in, like, a boiler room. (laughs) That's honestly where my mind went. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Freddie down there with his razors? I don't know. (laughs) So it's at this point... Um, he'd, he'd go down to talk to her at lunch period. He'd skip a free period, wherever he could, an excuse to go talk to Pam. And not only did Billy want to spend time with her consistently, but so did Cecilia. She wanted to be a journalist and she admired Pam and was looking up to her. So she kind of was like trying to learn everything she could from her. So Pam kind of figured that out and I was like hey do you want to be an intern of mine and Cecile was like yes like oh my god like so she would spend more and more time with Pam as well starting on November 2nd um, Cecilia joined her in her office and they would just do intern work whether it was equipment videos paperwork basically just anything Pam wanted her to do which also made Cecilia and Pam start to get a closer bond. They became closer as friends. That relationship was getting stronger. But the downfall of all this is while Greg was doing adult things, like he still liked his music, but he was growing up. He had to work. He had to be a man and like adult. And put on a suit and tie and do the things. And Pam was at a high school setting with sophomores who were talking about the love for metal and wanting to just rock and roll all day and party. So Pam's getting wrapped up in that, which, oh, it's just such a bad idea. So bad. Yeah. So one day Cecilia saw a flyer for an orange juice video competition and she brought it to Pamela and she said, we should do this. And Billy and Cecilia and another student decided, okay, yeah, let's make this video. And they came up with this rap song for an orange juice commercial and did the thing. And well, Billy really didn't care much about the commercial. It was just Pamela. And they 
worked on the video a lot, which meant extra time during the week and extra meetings and, you know, just doing what they could do to get the commercial perfect. And now this means having meetings on Saturdays. She's inviting the gang to her condo um, where her and Greg live. And it's just getting deeper and deeper and more and more toxic. Like, just don't do that. Literally, yeah. The fact that she, like, th that's just, like, way too far crossing the line. The fact that she was, like, inviting them to their home. It, yeah. Yeah. It's, like, keep it in the school. She's making them dinner. They would take breaks. They'd go outside and go sledding. It's just getting sticky and icky. Very sticky and icky. And so, people would say that, and his mom included, would say that, you know, Billy was in public. He was a pretty proper kid. He was pretty respectful. He, he seemed like he was, you know, had it all together. But when Billy was at home with just his family, he was rude um, his true colors would show. He would act how he normally would act. And she said he acted angry and he was a prick. Yes. His mom used the word prick. Dang, he must have been bad. But For your she mom cut him would call you a prick. <laughs> <laughs> she gave him a little bit of slack. Um, she knew he was still reeling from losing his dad. And he's trying to find his way, you know. So she would go to her friends and ask for advice. And they would be like, you want advice? Beat his ass. And she's like, well, not really looking to beat my kid's ass. I don't like that idea. Um, so I'll just, I'll figure something out. And she's like, thanks, though, so much. Yeah. I mean, they might not have been wrong, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Sometimes you just got to move. Um. So at this point, they're just trying to keep the peace. Everybody, stop everybody from fighting. She's busy working. She's struggling. She's trying to just keep the heat on. Can you guys just let me eat dinner in peace, please? You know. Uh, meanwhile, Billy's trying to deal with everything on top of all this, his feelings for Miss Pam, because uh, I can't have a relationship with her. But at the same time, she just consumes me. Gross. <laughs> I mean, I get it more from his standpoint, you know, because he's a teenager, yeah. right? Right. Gross from hers. I mean, yeah. 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 And at the same time, it's like she's been given extra attention to him. Is there a chance? Like, maybe she does like me. Like, am I reading into this? Like, these are all his thoughts. So he's like, but I can't talk to her about it. <laughs> so he just kind of like just keeps on moving on, moving on, you know? Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the farm, Pamela and Greg are still having issues. They're not getting along the greatest. And she's feeling kind of ignored. And, you know, he's like, I'm just going to take another trip out to Boston um, it's December. I'm going out with my friends again. He doesn't come home. He comes home the next day. He says he was too drunk to drive. I didn't feel like coming home. I wanted to be safe. And she's like, bullshit. I can smell it. Bullshit. And they argued. And then he's like, yeah, fine, whatever. I hooked up with somebody, okay? Yikes. Yeah. So things intensify intensified. And it got bad, and she showed up at her in-law's house in her jammy jams and was claiming that Greg slapped her across the face and bent her over the railing and was trying to strangle her. No witnesses. It's just her word versus his. What do we do with that? So uh. Gre Greg's father asked what happened. Greg's like, I didn't hit her. She's annoying. She's a pain in my ass. I just asked her to leave. Pam later recanted and said that the whole thing was a misunderstanding. It was an accident. Whatever. So to me, yeah, to me, that's her lying about it. Oh. Like she, totally, she totally made that up. Oh, absolutely. Because he said he was going to leave her. So she's like, he beat me up. Probably, yeah. 
kick me out of the house. Fine, I'm going to your mom's house in my jammies. Crazy. Show you. Um, so, yeah. Um, and none of the friends, I guess that some friends were there that night. And none of them, they're all like, I don't know, we were drinking. I didn't see anything. I don't remember, you know. So it was just all like, what a mess, you know. Yeah. So other than dealing with her marriage um, that she was just really annoyed with, she would just go back to Hampton and spend more and more time with Cecilia and with Billy and, you know, the game, the sophomore game. Um, It wasn't until one day um, she had some film that she got developed and Billy went with her and she's sitting in the car. She's going through the pictures and she's just like, huh. And she's just like kind of admiring them. And she's like, you want to see? And she hands pictures and it's pictures of her in a matching bra and panty posing seductively. And she's just letting Billy look through them. Like, you know, no big deal. And he's probably like, boing, boing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, um, oh, you can, so can you take disgusting. me, can you take me home now, please, ma'am? <laughs> <laughs> right. I need to go home really, and take a shower. So for some reason, she ends up bringing the pictures to work. Um, and she tells Billy, you know what? I don't think these are that great. I don't like them. Take what you want and throw the rest away. Horrible. I know. Right. Oh my god. So it wasn't until the next day Cecile comes in to the office and Pam's like, hey, sit down, I gotta talk to you. And she's like, okay, what's going on? And she's like, it's private, it's confidential. Like, pinky promise, lock it up, put it in your pocket, throw away the key. She's like, okay, like what's going on? You know, and she's like, I think I'm in love with Billy. And yikes. It's said out loud and like even as she's saying it, she's like, this is so absurd. I know this is absurd. Everybody thinks it's absurd because it's absurd. Um, but she tells Pam, like, hey, can you tell him to come to the office like later? Because um, I want to tell him myself. Okay, he's a high school student, Pam. Stop. But Cecilia did as she was asked. So Billy comes to the office. Hey, what's going on? She's tongue-tied, awkward, weird, can't get it out. And he's like, well, I don't know what's going on, but I got to go because I'm about to miss my bus. Oh, my gosh. Like, just let that marinate for a second. I'm going to Oh, my gosh. That is gross. Yeah. So, school administrator, kid legally can't even drive yet. Just saying. He's like, he's like, my mom's going to be pissed if I miss the bus. <laughs> and then I want to get detention. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, Billy skipped going to the office, or skipped first period, went to the office. And she was sitting there and he's like, dude, like, seriously, why are you being weird? Why are you being awkward? What's going on? And she couldn't even look at him. She's kind of like looking away. She puts her eyes down, her head down. And she's like, do you ever think about me? And of course, he's like, uh, dude, like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like, and he's like all excited. He's like, oh, my God, like, this is the big moment. Like, play it cool. And they talk for a while. And he's like. Yeah, I think about you. This <laughs> is so awkward. <laughs> so he's like, but I got to get to second period. So I'll talk to you later after class. <laughs> oh, oh, Chris. My gosh. Yeah. Like, I can't handle this. So I'm out. I am out. Um, the following week, Pamela shows up to Billy's house. Mom's cooking dinner in the kitchen. And she goes upstairs. She closes Billy's door. He's listening to Motley Crue, starry eyes. She closes the door, leans in, and is like, 
while he's laying on his bed, she's like, so are you going to kiss me? And he's like, yeah. But then he's an awkward 15-year-old boy who doesn't know what he's doing and can't move. So she walked over to the bed, leaning down, kissed him on his bed in his room, 22, 15, mom's downstairs making spaghetti or pasta or dinner or whatever. Could you like his mom's not even thinking this would happen because like who would think that this is happening? Yeah, and that's what you're saying. Like, you know, you wonder what the mom's thinking. She's probably thinking, like, well, it's not a teacher. They're on this project together. Yeah, she's older than him. Like, there's nothing going on. Or she's just like in La La Land and doesn't know shit about shit. You know what I mean? Like, not paying attention yeah. to anything. Because I would Honestly, wonder why a, why a 22 year old boy would go to my daughter's room and close the door. That's right. not happening. Like, I, I would hope that she's just in La La Land and like is literally just so busy with her like multiple jobs and trying to like feed her family that she's just not even paying attention because honestly that's better than her being aware of what's happening and just being like that's fine <laughs> yeah so greg's going out of town on a ski trip with his friends pamela decides to take full advantage of this and invites billy over for a sleepover at her house and he's just like Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Like, I'll, like it's happening. It's happening. Okay. This is happening. Sorry. That was my, my snooky moment. <laughs> and uh, like all his dreams are about to come true. Right. So she made dinner. They watched a the movie nine and a half weeks. They did everything couples normally do. Um, all the date night stuff. She even went as far as putting lingerie on and did a little song and dance for him. Right. <laughs> Billy would later say during the trial that she always wanted to do a seductive dance for someone, but she really had no one who to do it for that um, would appreciate it. Billy appreciated it, but like, I don't know. What about her husband, the man in her life? Like, was that not an option? Like, did he not like a half naked wife dancing for him? Like, Apparently not, or he just wanted somebody else to do it and not pants. Or maybe if she did that, their marriage would have less problems. That's true. So now Bill is the therapist for Pamela, which is like so gross. But she's just she's discussing her marital issues, saying that she only married him because it's the next step in life. She thought it was the right thing to do, like which is then, so funny side note because he wasn't even like really proposing to her <laughs> I, right so it's just like it's so funny that she's just like yeah i only married him because like that's the kind of the thing that we were supposed to do and it's like he wasn't even trying to marry you and it's only been like a year or two it's not like 15 years later <laughs> right she also laid on him that greg was emotionally and physically abusive she went on to say that um, it got to the point to where he locked her outside into winter in the snow and she had nothing but a bra and underwear on. Like, why were you outside in your bra and underwear anyway? Like, like how did she get How does that there? even happen? <laughs> but she played the sad damsel story, the damsel in distress, if you will. Um, she was looking for a savior. She wanted Billy to be that hero. And of course, Billy... Never liked Greg because, well, he was jealous. He had the woman he wanted. And Pam was like, now you put the abuse on top of it? He really fucking hates him, right? So weeks go by and, you know, they have their chill nights together. And excuse me. Um, and just one conversation, Billy asked if... Um, he remembers or if he knows anyone that I don't know, like do like a, a murder for hire type deal. Like who just asks that randomly? Casual, <laughs> casual combo. And first she played it off as a joke. Like, I'm just kidding. It's like for my secretary. I was just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but no, seriously, do you like know somebody? Because my husband's heavy abusive and like I'm just like super serious. Like I just want to take him out. Like just asking for a friend or maybe for me. Like, I don't know. Like, 
I'm kidding, but I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm serious if you want me to be, but I'm kidding if you think it's weird. Like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So Pam put the waterworks on. She told Billy, like, the only way I would ever be able to be together as a couple is if Greg was dead. Billy, the logical one, because he's 15 and he, obviously the adult in the conversation, he's like, why don't you just divorce him? I can't. Six. Everything's in his name. He'll take the house. He'll take the car. He'll even take the dog. Okay. And I'll be forced to go have to live with my mom. Oh, my goodness. Well, living with your mom should still be better than murder. <laughs> you would think. And she proceeded to say... Well, killing him is the only way we can be together. From now on, we can't see each other no more. And I mean, aside from being at school, that's the only time we'll have together. And she's like playing his emotions. Like he's totally getting hurt by this, right? The manipulation is so real in this scenario. What a psycho bitch. And it got brought up more and more throughout their conversations. Like, So then it's getting more toxic. Billy and Pamela, they're having sex in parking lots. They're just passing little notes to each other. The secretive relationship's just getting bigger and bigger. But the urgency is starting to get stronger and stronger. Like, oh my God, she's serious. She like really wants like this guy dead. Like, so after weeks of talking about it to Billy, he finally agreed and is like, okay. If it means for you to not leave me, okay, I can justify doing this so I can be with you. Once Billy agreed and they talked about it and they, like everything else, she took over the planning. She laid it all out, told them like, this is what's going to happen. In a very cliche way, they said, okay, let's make it look like a robbery gone wrong. You're going to dress all in black. You're going to park the car that you don't have because you can't drive down the street <laughs> and then walk to my condo. <laughs> park park your Huffy down the street, you know, the one with the little bell. Ding, ding, ding. Take your Razor scooter. <laughs> but if you got those cool little, like, lights or, like, the cards in your well, spokes, take it out because you don't want people to hear. It's too obvious. <laughs> um, and then don't forget gloves because we don't want all the fingerprints, Okay. And they would kind of practice and figure it out. And, oh, and tie your hair back because you don't want to be recognized, right? Trash the house, destroy it, take whatever you want, just make it look like a robbery. Pam's like, I'll be at a school board meeting in Hampton. So this way I have an alibi and it can't fall on me. See what you did there? She covered her own ass. Then they brought Cecilia into it. And they just started telling her the details and what they were doing. And I don't know why they decided they had to tell her, but now she's kind of like an accomplice without being an accomplice. But Poor Celia. what they failed to discuss was like, um, how are we actually going to kill him? You know, like, oh, you'll figure it out when you get there. Just wing it. Just wing yeah. the murder. Yeah. 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 So. Pam's like, I'll leave the basement door unlocked. Just sneak in. But go get my dog and bring my dog to the basement because we don't want her making any noise or, you know. Like, why do you got to bring the dog involved? Not the dog's an accomplice. Like, what yeah, the fuck? I know. And then the dog's going to have to hear his poor owner getting murdered and can't do anything because it's a little shit zoo anyway. That's sad. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> So once the dog's in the basement, they go back upstairs. He hides in the dark shadow. He waits for Greg. And then, bam! Execute. Bullet to the head. So that's how the plan's supposed to go, right? And then ransack the house. Make it look like a robbery. Again, Cecile's listening to this, and she's like, I believe it. I hear it. But I don't believe they really do it. So she says nothing. C puts her two cents in. She's like, well, my dad's got a gun, but I haven't seen it in a while. But there's this car outside this restaurant that's always there and it has a gun in it. Billy's like, well, all right. I'm good at breaking into cars. I got this. So he broke into the car, but there was no gun. 
eventually jr's dad's gun is the one that they end up using um it's effective and they use hollow point bullets because it's effective quickly and it's less pain so i mean at least they care about the pain factor they had some uh some decency yeah so pam came up to him and was like are you gonna do it and he's like well some problems i can't drive i don't have a car <laughs> We don't have a gun. And she's like, I don't understand what the problem is. Like, figure it out. Like, So basically, we have none of the components needed for this to happen. Maybe because you're going to, you know, 15-year-old boy to put this together. <laughs> um, ultimately, Could- Billy wanted to do what she wanted. But he didn't want to do it because, like, it's murder. But, like, if I don't, is she going to be mad at me? I don't think she'll be mad if I don't kill him. <laughs> but Bill was wrong because she was pissed and was like WTF like what happened you had like one job to do right and she's going off on him and she's yelling at him and she's like if you loved me you would do this obviously you don't love me because you didn't do it and then he's like I've never seen you mad I'm sorry like what do I do and like Billy's crying and she's like I don't believe you're going to do it. I don't believe we'll be together because you won't do this. And because it's like the late 80s, 90s, she can slam the phone down like in anger. Oh, make it way more dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. Now you just hit the end button and throw your phone across the bed. That's about as dramatic as it gets. And like they can't even see it on the other side. So it's not. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So basically, She's just taking full manipulation of this again, pulling on his heartstrings. He is a child and she's playing him for a fool. Um, I mean, he was an asshole. His mom said he's a prick, but he wasn't a murderer. You know, like Pam's building Frankenstein. She's building her own monster. The next day, Cecilia and one of Billy's friends and Pam, or it's Pam, I'm sorry. Cecilia tells Billy, Pam wants you in her office. Pam apologizes. And Billy walks in. She said, you know, he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I messed up. You know, I love you. I want to be with you. But, you know, I just, I couldn't do it. She's like, it's okay. It's okay. I forgive you. But listen, next month, there's another meeting. So you have another chance. I'll be at a school board meeting. Billy went on to say, okay. I have to take this super serious this time. And that's when he's like, okay, I need backup. I need help. I need to recruit people. Insert Peter and JR to be continued till next week. Dot, 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 dot. Leaving us on a cliffhanger. Yes. Oh, that's yeah this story is wild so funny because you're like do you know this story and I'm like the name sounds so familiar but like I don't know if I know it and then as soon as you said Billy's name I was like oh shit yes I know this story okay it's a crazy one yeah I knew it when Pamela I listened to um the podcast on Dateline and a few people did it um and then as I started researching it and reading more and more and more and more, I was like, okay, yep. But when she started talking about how the students went and did what they did, no spoilers, I guess, in case it's, you know, new to some people, then it mm-hmm. kicked in. I'm like, okay, yep, I know this one. So, so funny because I really... I feel like I kind of briefly heard about this story like a long time ago, but I like fully learned more about it after that one um, Adam Sandler movie. Um, never mind, actually. I don't want to give any spoilers. Okay. There is a movie that's based off, or uh, a movie is based off of this. And I think I'm going to watch it before we do part two so that I can really get into my feelings. Um, yeah. Kidman called to die for oh okay 
something like that. So I'll look it up. I'll send it your way. Yeah. And, I feel um, like any movie she's in is like always super good. Oh my God. I love Nicole Kidman. I love her vibe, her energy. Yep. She's always she, got that edgy little like, uh, the practical amazing. magic. She's like, I didn't, we didn't watch it this year. Um, I know right. we suck. We had, I, th- I feel like we had a very busy October separately. We did. Between me going out of town, you going things, out of town, but... you moving. There's a lot going on, so. Too much happening. We'll get it in. We'll watch it for Christmas. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> Midnight margaritas at any time. No shit, right? <laughs> uh, so, um, I know it's a longer episode, so we're not going to keep you with the jibber-jabber, because um, half of you don't really care anyway. Um <laughs> But next week, we'll pick it up as part two. Hopefully, it won't go into part three. I'm going to try to end it in part two. Um, But yeah, so come back. And now that you're all in your feelings, got the emotional side, come back and see how the dirty deed turned out. I'm excited. Come back, guys. It's going to be good. All right. On that note, we got to go. Stay creepy. Bye. Bye.